welcome to the Anxiety Proof Her podcast, where amazing women come for education, inspiration, and hope around healing from anxiety. Each month, you're going to hear from other women who took control of their mental health by using outside-the-box holistic strategies to cope with their anxiety and to ultimately thrive. You will also learn from experts in the health and wellness industry about the tools they use every day to help their patients reclaim their well-being. We hope this information allows you to see that there are many different paths to healing. I'm your host, Jennifer Bronsnick, and I'm a licensed clinical social worker and anxiety treatment professional. I help women and teen girls who struggle with anxiety, self-doubt, and perfectionism to tap into their innate resilience, get to the root of their fears, and implement custom healing strategies so that they can experience peace of mind, more self-confidence, and be liberated from the suffering that living with anxiety causes. I have lived with anxiety my whole life and know how hard it can be. I also know that there is hope and it's 100% treatable with the right information and support. Thank you so much for showing up for yourself and taking the first step to reclaiming your well-being and resilience. Welcome to the Anxiety Prepare podcast. As always, we get started by connecting with our hearts and our spirits. So just take a moment to, if you can safely, close your eyes, put both your feet on the floor, and just allow your breath to become a little slower and a little deeper. And just allow yourself to settle into this moment and setting the intention for what you hope to get out of this episode today. And that could be peace of mind, it could be additional knowledge, it could just be to feel a little bit more compassionate with yourself and your current struggle. So just allow that intention to come forward while staying in touch with your breath, staying in touch with your heart, and knowing that you can come back into this space at any point in time during this episode, as well as throughout the rest of your day. So today on the podcast, I'm excited to welcome and learn from Amy Newsel. She is a naturopathic doctor, podcast host, speaker, author, MTHFR coach, and a mutant in chief. Can't wait to hear more about that. Um, at Genetic Rockstars and the MTHFR Academy, a community and learning portal just for other MTHFR mutants. <laughs> um, so welcome, welcome. Thank you for being with me today. I know very little about this mutation. And so I am really, really excited because I just printed your bio like 10 minutes ago. <laughs> and I was like, oh my gosh, like this is perfect. I can't wait to you know add 
some more knowledge into my toolkit. So thank you. Thank you for. Oh, fantastic. For, yeah. Well, thank you for having me. I'm thrilled to be here. I'm thrilled to be here. This is actually really exciting. Cool. So I would love to hear how, because what I find is every interview is that there's always some sort of personal connection to, you know, whether it's whatever we're studying, whatever our work is, especially if we're in this, in the healing space, which you are, there's usually it's ourselves, a family member, a child has gone through this hard time. And then you've sort of had to become the expert. Would you say that that is the case in your story as well? Oh my gosh, 20 times over, yes. <laughs> Tell me more, I want to know. Yes, so, you know, I come from a long line of very anxious humans, right? And okay. so actually as a kid, I never would have said I have anxiety because I was surrounded by so much anxiety that I, I was like the normal one, right? Yeah. Like I was, I was reasonably okay. <laughs> but, you know, as I've grown older, the things that I've seen popping up in myself that have made a huge difference have all been around anxiety. And so intellectually, I never really keyed in that that was my thing until probably actually partway through medical school when I was like, oh my God, I'm an anxious person, right? Like this never occurred to me before. Yeah. What was the symptom? Because I think that's always interesting to me is that anxiety shows up in so many different ways. Would you say that there was something that was like this aha moment of, wait a second, what's going on here? I had two actual aha moments. One was around ruminating. So I'm a ruminator, right? Like I will get a particular thought or thought pattern stuck in my head and it's always the way I've been, right? And it used to be like words or phrases. And, and then as I sort of grew up, it was more complex ideas or something like that. But I would get stuck in this little thought loop. Mm-hmm. Yeah, and that was always always there in the background, right? Like, so there was always a thought loop playing underneath yeah. other thoughts. Mm-hmm. And I just thought that was how brains work because nobody talks about how brains work, right? Of course, yeah. Like, yeah. It's, Who would it's do that? Black box, right? So like the inside of my head is a totally different space from the inside of other people's heads. I had no idea. Yeah. Um, yeah. But we were talking in class one day about ruminating. And I literally had this moment of like, what? that's not a thing everybody does. So I spent like three weeks asking all of my friends, like, what's it like inside your head? (laughs) You know, because I don't get it. Like, what goes on in there? Did they know? Do they know how to answer that question? (laughs) No, nobody had. Yeah, I mean, that's not a conversation anybody has, but we were all sort of health geeks. And so we were into it enough that we could get this going. And Mm -hmm. as it turns out, like, there were no two answers that were the same. And all of them had these really quirky things, you know, like you'd spend time talking to people and you'd uncover something that was like, what, really? Like, that's a thing that happens for you? <laughs> you yes, know? yeah. And so there was this huge dialogue about it. But what I learned about me was that I am a ruminator and not everybody is, right? Mm-hmm. Yeah. And also that that's a really classic sign of anxiety, right? Mm-hmm. Like that just getting stuck on that one yeah. little thing that goes around and around. Was and it around. causing you suffering though because it sounds like you sort of had accepted that this was normal and so were you upset by it or disturbed by it in any way before Mm -hmm. you recognized that it wasn't sort of you know this 
normal. I'm putting that in quotes. <laughs> I would say at that point in my life, I wasn't because at mm-hmm. that point in my life, I had, I'd sort of gotten to know my brain. Right. Yep. And so at that point it was like, no, this is just the way the things my brain does. I didn't have mm-hmm. to attach to it. But when I was a kid, you know, it could take some really unpleasant forms. Like say I thought about two things in close proximity, right? Like, so if I thought about cutting an orange and eating an orange at the same time, Mm -hmm. then that in my brain would go to like knives and lips. You know what I mean? Mm -hmm. And that's scary. So like you're taking out a certain piece of it that then creates this fear pattern. Exactly. And so as a kid, that was a little bit more disturbing because, you know, like you can come up with some really yucky things. (laughs) Yeah. And, but I mean, by the time I had reached adulthood, I was just like, oh yeah, brain weirdness. Okay. Whatever. Moving on. Yes. Yeah. But it was very interesting. So that was, that was like the first uh one. Okay. And then the second aha was, you know, in my practice, I developed this weight loss program. Great. Right. And I was doing this thing and I had this program all planned out and I spent literally a year designing this program, like fiddling with it and farting around and changing little details and blah, 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 Mm -hmm. blah, like a year of my life with this thing. Yeah. And I launched it and the parts that people really responded to, the things they loved were the things that weren't overplanned, weren't overplotted, the things that just happened spontaneously. And so after, after delivering that program, I actually sort of had a come to Jesus week, right? Like <laughs> where I had to sit down and say, what did I just do? Right? Like mm-hmm. this was a year all of that time could have been spent doing something different because of the outline that actually worked, I could have made in three weeks, you know? Wow. Yeah. <laughs> all of the crap that I did in that year yeah. took up an entire year. So would you, know? you call that perfectionism, procrastination? What would you label that? It, or I would label it more as perfectionism because- okay you know, like there was a lot of work, there was a lot of effort, I could get to it and go down to it. But at the end, I could never say it was good enough. You know, and that is not a healthy place, right? Like, that's a place that just keeps you stuck in dysfunction. Mm -hmm. But actually, that week, my, my week of introspection was really good for me, because at the end of it, I said, okay, one, I am never doing that again. Mm -hmm. Right? I am setting time limits for things and sticking to them because if I paid myself my billing rate for all of the time I spent on that, it was never, it was never worth it. It was never worth like a tenth of it, right? Right. Yep. And the other thing was, you know, I realized how much of a barrier that was between me and the people I was trying to reach right? The things that the energy that I was putting into this pathological kind of perfection was mm-hmm. actually keeping me distant from the people that I was connecting. Mm-hmm. Okay. Like you were up here kind of in this expert place and, you know, so it was like different levels or well, and not just that it took the authenticity out of it, it took the okay. genuine nature out of it. Right. And so it wasn't a human connection anymore. Mm-hmm. It was this manufactured product that's not what I want to deliver, right? Like that's, that's not me. Yeah, (laughs) You want the connection and the warmth and the community and yeah. Exactly. 
And so that was another really big aha moment at the ways that my brain generates this pressure and this stress about things mm-hmm. that aren't real, right? And that's that's exactly anxiety, right? Like it's this stress about problems created by my own brain. Yeah. Yeah. So I just want to pause and just say, you know, what I noticed in both of those is this, your ability to be self-aware and to sort of recognize and have these, this sort of watching of, oh, look at what just happened. What, you know, how do I learn from that? So it was this sort of stepping into oh, this is something that maybe is creating more stress in my life that I need to look at. And then I also love that you were really intentional because most people don't take the time to reflect on why did that work? Why didn't that work? And you really sat down and and were able to be brutally honest where you know, it was that, that perfectionism and that fear of not being enough or fear of not knowing enough or whatever it was that really held you back from having this, this program that, you know, I'm sure is amazing. (laughs) You know what? I actually never launched the program. I was like, oh, okay. I got what I was supposed to get out of this. Oh my God. Yeah. (laughs) Oh my goodness. Um, So tell me more about your own, and maybe this ties into the MCHFR, which I'd love for you to explain a little bit deeper, but um, is there some sort of connection between that, between the rumination, between the anxiety symptoms that you were popping up for you? Yes, a huge one. Okay. So MTHFR was not something that I learned about in school. It was not, you know, I mean, it's just, it's a, it's a kind of an oddball, right? (laughs) But as it turns out, it's estimated that 40% of the U.S. population actually has some degree of compromise in this gene, right? So at least one bad copy out of four that are really meaningful. Okay. And so this gene, it's called... (laughs) methylene tetrahydrofolate reductase, which is a mouthful. Nobody needs to remember that. We don't need to Uh, say that. The thing you do need to remember (laughs) is that it has to do with folate metabolism, right? And so folate is a vitamin. It's essential for all of us. It's a key nutrient in, you know, cell division in neurotransmitter formation. That's where the anxiety link comes in, but also hormone levels, infertility, in cardiac disease, all of these things. Mm-hmm. Which is and why so, they give like folic acid. That's the thing. Okay. Exactly. Exactly. Okay. And so when you have some kind of a compromise in actually converting folate into its active form, which is what this gene does, it, it mm-hmm. helps, it builds the enzyme that converts folate into active folate. And so when you have some compromise here, basically that active folate isn't happening. And we've actually made it worse for ourselves because folic acid directly blocks the activity of this gene. Oh no. Which is, yeah, it's sort of scary, right? Like yeah. folic acid and that's what everyone is, you know, take this for yeah. your baby or it's while you're pregnant. Care. Yes. <laughs> it right. is literally yeah. the standard uh-huh. of care. And even in depression and anxiety treatment, folic acid is very often recommended because there's a ton mm-hmm. of research that shows that low folate status is linked to worse outcomes with depression and anxiety. And okay. so, 
Um, and so very often doctors recommend folate or folic acid as part of their treatment. And the okay. most common form and the cheapest form is folic acid. So that's what everybody mm-hmm. gets. Yeah. But with an MTHFR issue, that's actually going to make the problem worse. Okay. And so, you know, that's, that's really what I'm trying to do with the community and trying to do with the podcast is raise awareness around this issue because people just don't know. Right. And, and really? food is enriched with folic acid, right? So our like breads, pastas, everything is enriched flour. Okay. Enriched with folic acid, okay. which blocks up this process even more. Where is folate found normal? Like, is yeah. it fruits and vegetables? Where, like, what are actual whole food sources? So beans and pulses are the best sources. Like lentils are amazing. Chickpeas, okay. black beans, anything like that. Okay. Uh, dark green leafies are a good source. Okay. So. You know, like there's lots around in food sources, avocados. Thank God for that. Yeah. Um, <laughs> we can all celebrate now. Yeah. So but if, you have the mut- if you have the mutation, does, are you still, if you're eating those foods, you're an amazing healthy eater. Are you still not getting the folate because you have that mutation? Not, not necessarily. So it is possible for MTHFR mutants to get enough natural folate from their diet, but Mm -hmm. they have to get the folic acid out because the folic acid blocks up the works. Right. And so that's a huge shift for people. That's a really big change for people. Um, and then also some with more severe neurotransmitter dysfunction or fertility issues or cardiac issues, then they may want to also supplement the active form of folate, which is 5-L-methyltetrahydrofolate. So 5-L-M-T-H-F. Okay. Um, and <laughs> how would someone find out whether they have this mutation? Yeah. I, I mean, that's a really good question. Some of it can be presumptive. So okay don't necessarily have to have the mutation to benefit from making these changes mm-hmm. um, because methylation dysfunction can happen even just because of folic acid and it, without the mutation, mm-hmm. right? So if somebody is folic acid toxic, um, then they can see some of these same patterns, the same neurotransmitter dysfunctions okay. without ever having a mutation. Can you it. list some of those symptoms that someone might see? Yeah, absolutely. Um, So unfortunately, a lot of the big ones are very general, right? Like fatigue, Mm -hmm. joint and muscle pain, um, a lot of the chronic fatigue type symptoms, Mm -hmm. but then also anxiety, depression, panic attacks, uh, any kind of, um, well, unfortunately, um, it can lead to stronger pathology. So like schizophrenia and bipolar disorder, um, there's a link there. A lot of kids on the autistic spectrum have really big methylation issues. And so, um, you know, we're seeing a lot of just a variety of neurological changes, right? Also things like cognitive decline, like Alzheimer's has been really strongly linked with methylation dysfunction and methylation pathology, Mm -hmm. also with deficiencies of active folate. So, you know, like Mm -hmm. any of these big, big mental health challenges, I would say, it's worth a try, it's right? Worth, we're trying to figure it out. Yeah. So yeah. what is, cause I would imagine that's a hard pill to swallow, not actual pill of, okay, you can't have anything that is like enriched. Right. So breads, 
cakes and, you know, anything made in America. Baked goods <laughs> and yeah, all of that. Right. And well, and we even, we just started um, fortifying corn products as well because yeah. there was concern that the Mexican American community wasn't being reached. Right. So, oh. Oh my gosh. Yeah. Right. So, <laughs> and so, I, I gave up all those things and I felt a million times better. So I'm wondering, like, so it might have actually been. It, could, it could certainly be. Yeah, yeah, absolutely. I mean, it could also be food sensitivities. That's uh, yeah. Food, yeah. But. but it doesn't matter because as long as once you start feeling better and you see that it's working. So how long between when you would start working with someone in this health journey, how soon would someone see a benefit? You know, I always have my clients track their symptoms. They get so mm -hmm. tired of hearing about it. I mean, everybody gets tired of hearing about it. Yeah. Sorry guys, yeah. uh, but it, it helps, right? Like this is good data. And awareness, and so, yeah. Yeah, even just taking folic acid out of their diets without making any other changes mm -hmm. is helpful for I'd say 50% of people right? Like, wow. And that's huge, right? Like that's mm -hmm. a really large percentage, right? Like a lot of yeah. even supplement or pill or medication. Yeah. I mean, every multivitamin has folic acid. Uh, yeah. And that's the other thing they've got to go through their medicine cabinet, their supplements, the like mm -hmm. protein shakes and the meal replacements and the bars and the blah, 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 blah. There's so yeah. many things. Um, but it makes a huge difference, you know, like yeah. it's a, a really big deal. Mm -hmm. So, um, you know, and if people can't commit to getting the folate out of their food, then we try to limit it as much as we can and get it out of their supplements for sure, right? Like just okay. ditch, the, ditch the multivitamins with folic acid. That's not yeah. okay. Um, yeah. Watch birth control pills. Sometimes they have folic acid, things like that. Mm -hmm. uh, and so get those out of the diet. Add in a good multivitamin with a 5-L-methyl tetrahydrofolate, right? With mm -hmm. the active form. And yeah. then maybe we can compensate for a little bit of folic acid in the diet. Mm -hmm. If we run into a wall down the road, right? Where we're just not making progress, we're not getting any better. Okay, then we'll revisit, right? We'll revisit the, that little amount yeah. of folic acid because yeah. maybe it's too much. It's but hard to make lifestyle yeah. changes. It's really, really challenging. It um, is. It's <clears throat> yeah. It's huge. Yeah. I mean, it's, I get that. Right. And it's, yeah, I, I can talk all day about how much it's changed my life, but I mean, yeah. really, really. well, how has it changed your life? Cause maybe that, I think sometimes hearing that, yes, it was really hard and it really transformed how I was showing up in the world can be helpful in taking that first step. It very much has. Um, so I've been, I've been kind of on this MTHFR journey uh, for about 12, maybe 15 years now. Um, but the things that I noticed first was the rumination <laughs> that I talked about, that's yeah. gone. I don't have that now. And I thought that was just a part of my brain, right? Like I yeah. didn't, and it wasn't like, I wasn't trying to work on this. I wasn't targeting it. It just went away, which mm -hmm. is remarkable, right? Like magic. Yeah. This was a pathological thing that was happening my entire life and it just vanished. That's weird. Wow. Um, yeah. And, uh, but outside of that, you know, I found it so much easier, like a lot of the tension and stress that I held constantly without even knowing it dropped away. Right. So I started to notice how much easier it was to show up for things, right. Socially, professionally, things like that, because I hadn't really understood how much 
but I think the perfectionism specifically got in the way, right? Like mm-hmm. if I couldn't show up in exactly the way that I wanted to, then I just didn't show up. Right. That's not right. Right. Like that just limits your life. And, and now it's so much easier to be like, okay, you know what? Sorry, my hair looks crazy and I'm here and here yeah. it is. Right. Like this like, is me. <laughs> increased self-compassion. <laughs> a lot more self-compassion and yeah. a lot more, um, self-acceptance, I would say, you know, and, uh, the thing that also evolved during this journey was that I realized that I'm what's called a highly sensitive person. Mm-hmm. And so, um, you know, this is a, this is a thing that's sort of been talked about maybe for the last decade, but they're finding that some people just neurologically respond more to things like lights and noises and emotional stimulus from other people and, yeah. and substances. You know, other people's emotions. Right. Yeah, exactly. So yeah highly sensitive people or empaths or whatever you want to call it mm-hmm. you know we just really are a little bit more vulnerable to the world I'm a little bit more open mm-hmm. um and, and I've found as part of this process that I've been able to accept that about myself you know and not look at it as a weakness but rather just as a part of me right like yeah I just am more sensitive right like yeah. I know I'm not gonna do well at the you know, the business building meeting where we're supposed to shake hands with 50 people in 20 minutes and yeah, people do that anymore. (laughs) Oh my God. I hope not. Those were awful. Do you remember those? Oh yeah. Nightmare. But yeah, like, you know, there was a time when I would push myself into situations like that and then pay for it for the next three days. Like just exhaustion. Yeah. You know, and and now I'm like, yeah, no, I'm going to skip that one. Mm. Yeah. So it's just knowing, knowing yourself, knowing what feels good for your body. And again, coming back, like honing into that self-awareness of when I have this, how do I feel when exactly. I don't have this, how do I feel? And I find it, it usually takes me about a week of really radical shifting in my diet to start noticing it. And it's, it's never this moment. It's like, I wake up one day, just like you said, and it's like magic. Like, wait, I haven't, my heart hasn't fluttered. I, you know, my heart isn't racing. I haven't had, you know, a negative thought spiral or, you know, a mood swing. It's like, wait, oh, wow. That's amazing. Uh, But it does, it takes time. And so I love that you are out in the world and there are many other, you know, helpers and healers that, you know, guide us along our path. Cause I really don't think we can do it alone. You know, we all, I need help. You need help. We all need someone to guide us when we're going through a challenging time. So is there a message of hope that if someone's listening, maybe they're having the rumination, maybe they're you know, having other symptoms of anxiety, what do you want them to know? You know, I think my biggest takeaway from this was that answers aren't always in the places you're expecting, right? And everything you do that makes your health better makes all of you better right? Like when I, when I started doing this diet changes and the folate thing, I wasn't actually thinking about my anxiety at all. Right. I was doing it for other reasons. It, it wasn't, okay. you know, it was entirely unrelated, okay. but that was the thing for me that really started to unravel that thread. And so, you know, just keep, keep taking small steps forward every day to make you as a whole person stronger, better, healthier. Yeah. Right? 
And whatever it is, your answer will come. I love that. So where can people find you if they're curious, if they're wondering, wait, do I have this? How do I get support? Maybe they know they have it, but they don't know what they're doing around, you know, how to avoid folic acid because I have no idea. <laughs> I have to yeah, do oh, totally, yeah. research, uh, but yeah. I bet you can save some time. Um, so please share if you have a website, anything that, that our listeners can access. Yeah, my website is to healthwiththat.com. So T O H E A L T H W I T H T H A T. There's a lot of THs in there. To <laughs> healthwiththat.com. And I have a podcast of the same name. Awesome. Thank you so much for joining us. Um, I so appreciate your time. And this is really helpful and interesting. And I definitely am going to dig deeper into this because. Oh, um, Jennifer, I'm so happy yeah, to, to know. <laughs> yeah, thank you so much for having me. It's great. Thanks for listening, everyone. Have a great day. Thank you so much for taking the time to invest in your well being. I hope you learned at least one new idea or technique that you might want to implement into your own life. Remember, you're not alone. There is hope, and with the right information and support, you can thrive. If you're dealing with panic or looking for a step-by-step process that will allow you to break free from this crippling fear state, I want to invite you to check out my Panic Attack Survival Guide. You can grab your free copy at www.jenniferbronsnick.com. Thanks for listening.